Once we've got this offering done, that will be that will be it. On the, we move on. But actually, we just felt that uh, we wanted to, to round off this series of giving because uh, what we want want to what what for me and uh, is is giving isn't about a one-off thing. Um, and so we wanted to sort of make sure that we're not just building up to an offering, but actually that we understand giving and generosity is, is a way of life. It's, it's how we live. And uh, the Bible speaks a lot about it. And so we wanted to uh, perhaps finish off after uh, the offering's done, not to try and persuade you to give a bit more a bit later, but actually to understand that actually generosity is about a lifestyle uh, and understanding of who we are in God more than uh, meeting a specific need at a specific time. And I want to uh, sort of start this by uh, referring back to um, a story in the Old Testament in the life of Abraham. Now, uh, Abraham, uh, if you are familiar with uh, stories about him, he is seen as our greatest father, if you like. Um, He's... uh, raised up in the New Testament as someone who is an example for us to follow. He is the man of faith. Because even though he lived years and years before Jesus came, he was uh, seen as someone who, who showed what living the life for God is all about. And that is a life lived in faith. And the Bible talks about him as a man of faith. And, um, and uh, he lived before the law came in. He lived... And he understood what it was to live by faith uh, through a relationship with God. And uh, so we're just going to read a little bit of a story about him um, and how he responded to a particular situation. Now, um, just as a bit of background, um, Abraham was this man of faith, but he had in his family a nephew called Lot. Uh, And this guy, um, and, and most families have one, he kept getting into trouble. And uh, Lot uh, was, was a man who perhaps didn't always have great judgment. And, uh, and, uh, and Abraham bailed him out on a few occasions. You may have one in our family as we were growing up. It was my brother, Phil. And uh, if there was a phone call from school or something, uh, immediately my parents would know, oh, it's, what's he done this time? Uh, <laughs> And, uh, and actually, although I, 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 you know, I sympathise a little bit with my uh, mum and dad, um, in uh, speaking to my grandma, the person in their family who was there, and she had ten children, was my dad. So really, he had no excuse. Um, uh, whenever there was a problem, um, grandma used to say, go and find Clem, my dad, and tell him to stop doing whatever he's doing. Um, so... Uh, Abraham had this guy, Lot, and uh, he, um, he got into trouble, he got in with a bad crowd, and uh, they were attacked, and, uh, uh, and he and his family and a whole load of other people were carried off by these invading armies um, because he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. And Abraham decided that he would get together a whole load of men uh, to go and rescue Lot and his family and these other people. And he does that, he takes 318 men, goes and he, through God's strength, gets a great victory. Okay, we get this. So this is where we pick up the story. Um, It's in Genesis chapter 14, and uh, beginning at verse 17. 
Uh, that may not work, but we'll, we'll stick with it. After Abraham returned from de- defeating Kedor Leoma, brilliant, and the kings allied with him, the king of Sodom came out to meet him in the valley of Shevar, that is, the king's valley. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was priest of God Most High. And he blessed Abraham, saying, Blessed be Abraham by God Most High, creator of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High, who delivered your enemies into your hand. Then Abraham gave him a tenth of everything. The king of Sodom said to Abraham, Give me the people that you've rescued, but keep the goods for yourself. But Abraham said to the king of Sodom, I have raised my hand to the Lord, God Most High, creator of heaven and earth, and have taken an oath that I will accept nothing belonging to you, not even a thread or the thong of a sandal, so that you will never be able to say, I made Abraham rich. I will accept nothing but what my men have eaten and the share that belongs to the men who went with me, to Anna, Ashkel, and Mamre. Let them have their share. And then in verse 15, verse 1, it says this, After this, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield, your very great reward. Abraham had understood what it was to have a relationship with God. He was a man of faith. He believed God. Um, One of the greatest things he did, he believed God that he would have a son, even though he uh, and his wife was past childbearing age. Uh, God spoke to him and said, you're going to have a son, and he believed him without doubting. And, of course, God brought it about. So he had this relationship with God that he understood that if God said something, he believed it. If God said, I'm going to provide for you, he believed it. And he trusted God fully. Now, the interesting thing is here is that he, uh, he had this relationship with God and he met this guy after this, uh, defeating this army called Melchizedek. And we, we hear that he was king of Salem and he was priest of God Most High. Now, we don't know a great deal about this guy except that um, he was a, a, an amazing person. And Abraham, as soon as he saw it, recognised that and gave him a tenth of everything that he had. Um, there's no sense in which Abraham was asked for it. There was, this was before the law was given about tithing. It was just a heart response to this man, to, to, to who this man represented. He was representing God. And so Abraham saw him and said, well, I'm, I'm just going to give you a tenth. This is my, my only response to meeting you is to uh, I'm going to give an offering to God. And, uh, and so this was a, a response in Abraham's heart to the man of God. Now, Melchizedek um, is related in the New Testament as someone like, or Jesus is someone like Mel- Melchizedek. And some people believe that actually Melchizedek himself was an appearance of Jesus in the Old Testament. I'm not going to go into all that, who, you know, it, it doesn't really matter uh, whether he, he was or he wasn't. He was a representative of God. And Abraham's response to seeing him was to give him a tenth. And so this happened, as I say, before the law. Um, he then said, once he'd given a tenth, he, he was offered great wealth by the king of Sodom. His people had been captured along with Lot, 
uh, Abraham had rescued them all, had rescued all the goods and all the possessions, and the king of Sodom said, I'm so grateful, have everything. And you could say, well, Abraham, this is just a, a, a thank you from God. But Abraham said, no, no, I'm not, I'm not, going, to, I'm not going to accept it, because I'm trusting God. Uh, actually, you know, you keep your goods, you, you know, you, you, I've, got them, I've won them back for you, you, you have them. Because actually, I'm trusting in God. And that's, that, you know, I, he's going to provide for me. I'm not going to be able to look back in my life and say, actually, I'm dependent on you. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm beholden to you because actually I'm not. I'm, my trust is solely in God. So he said that. He said, I've raised my hand to God. I'm not going to take that. The very next thing God says to him, which is an amazing thing, is, do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield, your very great reward. And I find that an amazing, an amazing um, thing that God says. Because he's sort of saying to Abraham what he probably already knew, that actually the best and the greatest thing that Abraham can have is God himself. Yeah. And because Abraham didn't have a love of earthly things and money, God was able to say, okay, look... The reward you're after is the greatest thing that anybody could ever have, and that's myself. And that's what you're going to get, Abraham. You're going to get me. Because you're not looking for anything in this life. Now, Abraham was a reasonably wealthy man, and if you look through the... the, Sorry, God blessed him with, you know, many material things in his life. He didn't have a house. He lived in a tent all his life, which that would... I'd find that difficult, I have to say. Uh, but he had cattle and, and, and all sorts of stuff. Um, so he wasn't a poor man, but clearly he was going after something far greater than material possessions. And God saw his heart and rewarded him with, um, your reward, Abraham, is me. And through your life, you will know me. And through your life, you'll encounter me. And that will be far greater than anything this world could ever offer you. And, uh, and so this little story shows something of how a man of faith lives. And, uh, and, and it's so, I haven't got time now. If you go through the New Testament, particularly in Hebrews, uh, we are lifted up Abraham as the man of faith, a man who we can copy and live, uh, live by and live uh, in his example. And so this is a place where actually we could live by his example. Of the way he handled money. And to understand that that promise of God was made to Abraham as our representative. It wasn't simply to Abraham singled out But it's to all men and women of faith. God says, I am your very great reward. And we get that as we choose to say, God, I'm trusting you alone. I'm I'm, I'm not trusting my finances. I'm not trusting this wealth. I'm not going after everything I can get on this earth. I'm actually saying, actually, look, this is yours. and, And I want you. And if, you know, whatever I've got is yours. And that is how... Abraham lived, and that is how we as people of faith are encouraged to live. It's important to see that this isn't a, a single moment where we give a certain amount, although that was obviously a particular time for Abraham, but it wasn't a one-off event. 
This was a lifestyle that Abraham cultivated. And so we're on a journey of this. Uh, and certainly that's my experience, is that you know, I didn't become a Christian and immediately understand exactly how to, to live my life in a financial way. Um, and it's a continual journey of learning what, what, is, what is on God's heart for me. Uh, and as James was saying earlier on, to, to make sure that actually I'm not living for this world. Because the world is very deceitful. It can come in um, and you can, you can start being, you know, trusting God. And then a few uh, little while down the line you realise actually no, you're starting to trust wealth and, and, and money and possessions. And, and, and that can come in and it can come into every Christian's life. And so, time, every now and again, God brings something in to, to check us and say, well, actually, where, where is your trust? And so it's a journey that we're on. Uh, and, uh, and that's why it's right from time to time for us to, to think about this, to maybe be challenged with offerings, maybe be, be thinking about, actually, where is my trust? Um, and do I have that relationship that Abraham had with God to say, actually, you're enough for me. You're enough for me, God. Uh, I don't need these other things. If I have you, that's enough. And I think that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a, a process. It's not a one-off event, it's a process. I remember being challenged uh, by Richard, and I've shared this before, uh, the previous pastor here, uh, many years ago. And he, he said to me this, uh, which um, he said, if you needed £1,000, if you needed it, do you believe God would provide it? It's a simple question. If you needed a thousand pounds, do you believe God would provide it? And do you know what? At the time, I, I, I had to, to think about that. I had to sit down. What do I understand about God? What do I understand about God as my Father? What do I understand about His promises for me? And uh, and I went through a process of because, to be honest, when He first said it, I'm not sure I believed it. I didn't believe that God would provide that sort of sum of money. And I sat down and I went through the promises of God and I went through who I am in God. That he's, he's my father. He's the son. He promises to provide all that I need. And therefore, if I was in a situation suddenly where I needed a thousand pounds, I came to the conclusion without any doubt God would provide it. God would provide it. Because that's what he's promised. That's who he is. He's my father. And you know, that was a breakthrough moment for me in giving, to, to realise that actually I didn't need to worry anymore. I didn't need to worry about my future. I didn't need to worry about making sure that I was providing everything I needed for my family. Now that's not to say I don't take responsibility. It doesn't mean to say that I don't go out to work every day and work as hard as I can to honour God uh, and do the best I can. Uh, but that, that doesn't mean that it's all down to me. I'm trusting in a God that if I needed a certain sum of money or a certain thing, he would provide it because he's my father. And that's a really important place to get to, I believe. That we, we, we say, actually God, whatever I need, you will provide. Because when we get there, we then start freeing ourselves up. We become a much freer people. We're not fearful anymore of what might happen in the future. We're trusting a God who will provide. Because he's our father and because he loves us. Now just to, uh, as Jamie was saying a bit earlier on, I think it's helpful to, to see in terms of giving um, what the Bible teaches. Yes. And so I just want to do a very practical thing really on, on the difference between 
what we might call a tithe and an offering. Now, in the Old Testament, uh, the, uh, the people were given a, 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 a requirement, uh, in, it was part of the law, to give a tithe, which is a 10, 10% of their income, whatever that was. Uh, and uh, so this is written in, say, Le- Leviticus 27 and verse 30. Oh, might not work. It says this, it says, A tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. And so there was a principle set up in uh, Israel where the people gave a 10, 10% of what they had to God. Um, now, this... Uh, the 10% is not repeated as a figure in the New Testament. But the principle of regular giving is. So, um, uh, in uh, 1 Corinthians 16, and verse 2, can we bring that one up? If there's no airflow? Or... No, there is no airflow. You can guess the, the missing words if you if you would like. Will I find it in my Bible? Ah, on the first day of every week, each of you should ah. I knew that would happen. Saving it up so that when I come, no closing have to be made. So got there. So Paul is recommending here. This is a this is a good thing to do. First day of every week, the start of the week, before you've had a chance to spend it all, set aside a sum of money. doesn't specify how much. It talks about in keeping with your income. It talks about, so it's in proportion. He doesn't, he, he doesn't give a figure of uh, 10, 25, doesn't give that. He just says, in proportion to what you're getting in. Set it aside so that uh, you'll have you'll have it to give. And so that is a principle that we, we would encourage and we believe is, is, is in the Old Testament. Uh, it's, not, um, it's not said that it's wrong in the New Testament. It's just a principle of giving. And, um, and that's something that we, uh, as, a, as a family, uh, did when we first got married. We thought about this and we thought, what, what is it that God would have us give to the church? This is, this is what we, we give our regular giving to. The place where we uh, receive ministry, the place that is uh, a place where the uh, gospel is preached and where it will affect the community. And so we, we agreed at a certain figure um, based on our income to give. And we give that regularly. We, we actually give it monthly, but um, um, weekly or whatever. But it's a regular giving. And we believe that's a, a biblical principle of regular giving. And it's mentioned that it's called tithe in the Old Testament. Uh, and just an, uh, as an as a offering in, in, the, in the New Testament. Um, uh, in 2 Corinthians 9 verse 7, it says each one should give what he has decided in his heart to give. Um, so it's not something that we would tell you to do or give you a figure. Each person will be different. Each person uh, would be, have different circumstances and different uh, a relationship with God in terms of how, what God speaks to you about. Um, 
And it's important that we, we do it this way. That we don't, because so often, I think Jamie was mentioning this, sometimes we, we want to say, well, what, what, what should I give? Give me a figure that I can just work with. It's so easy. Just that If you tell me 10%, I'll give 10%. If you say 15%, I'll give 15%. Just tell me a figure. And, and the Bible doesn't want us to do that. And the reason for that is because we go back to Abraham. And Abraham decided to give a tenth. Now, that, it was just what he felt at the time. There was no law, nothing there, that says that's what you should give. Um, it became a pattern for people, but that's, that's, not, uh, that's not what the New Testament talks about. What we don't want is a relationship with God through the law. Yes. And that's the, the key thing here. You see, when we, when we break it down to, well, we need to give this amount, uh, because that's what the law says, then we're relating to God not as a father... Uh, not, uh, not as, a, not as a, a relationship of father to a son. We're doing it as a, as a servant to a master. And God doesn't want that. And, and uh, one of the things that has come in recently, or fair, you know, over the few years, is things like in marriage, where you have a, a prenuptial agreement. And, and it's like that, really, because the prenuptial agreements are for people with a lot of money who don't want to lose their money. And so they have an agreement with their wife or their husband, and you say, if you sign this, then if things go wrong, then I don't lose all my money to you. <laughs> now that is a relationship of law. Yeah. And I, f- I find that ever so, ever so sad. Because a, a marriage relationship, above all else, should be one of love and, and grace, and, you know, there's no, there's no law coming in there. Because if that is, then, then suddenly you're relating to your wife or your husband through a series of laws. And, and that's not nice, that's not good. Um, you know, as a marriage relationship, that should be one of trust, of heart. Um, and that's what God wants with us. He doesn't, want, he doesn't want to say, well, you do this, you do this, you do this. God, wants, God says, you're free. Amen. Because you're my son and you're my daughter. And you're free to do what you want. I'm, I'm not going to give you laws to live by. Because I want it from your heart. Uh, you know, uh, my wife and I, we, we have a joint bank account, always have had. Uh, we, don't, we don't say, well, you can spend this amount, and I can spend this amount. We trust each other. There's a, there's a complete freedom. But my wife, if she wanted to, could drain my bank account, our bank account, not my bank account. Uh, <laughs> Tomorrow, she, could, she, could, she has full access to everything. Um, and likewise, I could. We, <laughs> we, we don't. We do that, no. Because we trust each other. Because we work, we work together. We, we, we go through our finances and things like that uh, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a couple through relationship, Amen. not through law. And that's what God wants for us. He doesn't want to relate to us through law. He just says that you're free. But actually, Abraham's heart was when he met the representative of God, the one he loved, the one he called father, the one he had a, was a friend of. He just said, oh, right, I'm going to give some money. I just, this is an overflow of my heart towards God. And that's what he's after, an overflow of the heart towards God. Uh, and so when we come to thinking about regular giving, uh, that's what God wants. That's what God wants for you, just to say, yeah, see, what is it, what's, you know, what's, what's right for me at this point? Through our lives, we, we, uh, we um, set a, an amount, and uh, as situations changed, we, uh, we changed that amount. Um, 
And so we review it on a regular basis. What is, what is it this year? What is it now? What is it? Our circumstances are this now. God, what is it you want us to do? And, and we, we try and, and do that. Uh, uh, Jamie's shared that amount, uh, shared about that for his family as well. Just to say what, what, what that money is spent for, the regular giving to this church is used for, uh, obviously, to support Jamie um, primarily and uh, the building, to pay for the building. Uh, it pays for uh, all the publicity, all the technology that goes right and doesn't always go right. Um, uh, pays for the upkeep of the building, pays for the outreaches we do, pays for Kids Club, um, pays for the stuff for, for the junior church and resources for that. So that's, that's where our regular giving goes. Uh, and obviously uh, that, that we manage that through a, a, um, some trustees and we have an accountant that helps us, Joe, Joe helps us with that. But we also, as a church, practice, we want to practice what, what we believe the Bible says. So we, we aim to give at least 10% away uh, to causes outside the church. So we support various people. Uh, we'll probably say a little bit more about um, that in, in, in other times. But we support individuals and other churches um, just to bless them with what God has blessed us. So we, we, we seek to do that. As well, so that is what the regular giving goes towards. And we, I've I've sort of given a very um, overview. If you want to know any more, then please speak to me about that. Um, So that's that's what we would understand by the regular giving. The um, uh, the other thing that the Bible does talk about uh, is the special offering. And if I read that in, again, this comes in, in in the Old Testament. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 12 and verse 6. So it says, There bring your burnt offerings and sacrifices, your tithes and special gifts, what you have vowed to give, and your free will offerings, and the firstborn of your herds and flocks. So, um, as well as the tithes, the regular giving to the church here and to, uh, and maybe to other things that you regularly give to. There are these special offerings uh, that the Bible talks about in the Old Testament and uh, what Paul was talking about uh, when we looked at uh, things last week about the gift for the Galatian churches. Um, um, and, uh, and so these are, these are a one-off gifts that we, uh, we from time to time do as a church. But these would also be one-off gifts that you uh, individually decide you want to do for, for people. Um, I love the, the, the expression free will offering. Uh, this is just something that comes from the heart that says, oh, I want to I bless you. I want to I I bless somebody else. I want to give something into the kingdom. We had a, an example of this um, recently. I mean, my wife did. We were at a conference uh, last year and uh, my, my wife was uh, looking at the bookstore and decided to, to buy a book, which is, you know, uh, wasn't that expensive was just a nice book. Anyway, she was about to go up to the till, and, and the person at the till said, well, I'm sorry, this, this has already been paid for. The person in front paid for your book. And she found that a real blessing, because somebody had, just out of the goodness of their heart, decided to pay for a book that my wife was about to buy. That was just... And it was... I know I should probably share this and talk to her about it, but it was just a, such a blessing. Now, we, we didn't actually need it. We, didn't, we, we had the money to pay for the book. It was just a blessing from God because somebody 
had it in their heart to bless us. It wasn't huge amounts, it was just, you know, and that really touched us, because someone would do that. Uh, and, uh, and it's those sort of free will offerings, those sort of special offerings, and it, they can be a small amount that, that bless other people. But they could be, they could be significant amounts. They could be, uh, you know, uh, actually I want to give specifically to, and this is what we've just done, an offering for Church of the Cross. That is a special uh, offering that we would understand, I would understand, is over and above my general giving. I want to bless someone outside of me, and I'm just going to give something. And and um, and so we, um, uh, you know, we, we talked about it as a, as a as a couple, and we we came up with a, a figure uh, to give. Uh, and so that, those are the the um, what we would understand by free will or special offerings that we do from time to time here, but that actually God may prompt you to do uh, for individuals in in the fellowship, for individuals outside. Um, whatever of specific uh, things that you see on the news, something you've, that God tugs your heart, saying, oh, "I want to do something about that." Um, they're all offerings uh, that are over and above the, the general giving, and so those are, the, as we understand it, what sort of the Bible teaches about uh, tithes and offerings. Now, I just want to share something, uh, just as a because uh, we we honestly believe in a God who. Can never we can never outgive. Yeah, do we believe that? You know, God promises uh, in Malachi. And he said, if you if you bring the tithe into the uh, the storehouse of God, will will test me in this, and I will open up the floodgates of heaven. Amen. And uh, Jesus promises that when we when we give a good measure, and He will give it back, good measure, overflowing uh, into our lap. And these are promises of God. And uh, and. Um, and that's been our testimony over the years that we, we have never been out, out uh, been over, able to outgive God. Um, now I, I just want to give this because it made me made me laugh. I don't know if those that were in Connect a couple of weeks ago or three or four weeks ago. We were sharing about giving. We were doing some, something on giving there, and um, we were talking about people who had given a certain money, have been prompted by God to give a certain amount of money. Uh, and uh, they've done it in faith, and then God has given that amount back, or even more. And I, and I said at the time, well, that, that's actually never happened to us. Uh, we've, we've given, and we've never, we've never lacked, uh, but, uh, and so I'm not, you know, it's not a problem, uh, but actually some people have got these testimony, and other people, you know, and God deals with us differently. Anyway, um, we were talking uh, a little while back, um, my, my wife and I, about uh, what to give for this offering and we, we came up with a figure and we thought about it for a bit anyway uh, we were driving in the car a, a week or so back and, and we, we, we had a chat about it and we said um, I, I'm, I'm not really sure that, that was, that's the right figure uh, you know I, I, we have to say, what, what is, what is being, cause Jamie's been talking about generosity what is generous for us in this instance and so we thought about it a bit and we, we actually more than doubled what we were going to give uh, you know, I'm going to tell you the, the figures, but we just felt actually we want to be generous here. So um, anyway, uh, we we were driving home, and, and some time ago, my wife had mentioned uh, to me that uh, the work she's doing for a school over in Elton uh, that she's going to come up for a sort of, some sort of pay review, and uh, that they're going to change the, the pay rate. And I thought, oh, okay, I hadn't really clocked it, and I, I was thinking that this would be maybe a you know a few few extra pounds a day. 
literally, the, the moment that the, the, we, we'd, we'd just agreed it's in the car, we drove home, on the mat was this letter from the school, or from the agency, and, and it wasn't a few pounds. They had uh, increased her pay rate by 50%. It was, I mean, I was just amazed at what, what we'd seen. Uh, you know, and uh, and the fact that you know, I was joking before that you know that God doesn't, we haven't seen this, and there on the map was almost God's sense of humour to say, "Well, I see, I can do it for you as well." <laughs> and uh, not now. I want to I want to be clear on this. You know that uh, the majority of times we give that doesn't happen. We're just doing it because we we want to bless people. Uh, but God loves us, and He loves to bless us, Amen. and He will never let you go wanting because he promises to provide and uh, and so you know the generosity of our heart in the measure we used it we measured back to us that's what god says and so uh, generosity is is something that really frees us up makes it helps us to trust god and enables us to see the goodness and the blessing of god in our lives and i really thank god for his goodness and grace to us uh, and uh, it's a, it's a, it's a wonderful thing um, it's only five past eleven, so um, <laughs> I just want to say one more thing, uh, and it'll be very quick. As we give, we have an impact upon the society that we live in. Amen. There's two things, two ways that happens. Firstly, obviously, there's a very obvious way. We we are blessing Church of the Cross, and they will, in their own way, bless the community they're part of. That, that money that we raise will go and enable that then to reach a community for Christ. And obviously the giving here, um, and when we give generously to other things, we can physically, and, and you know, with, with the money, bless the community. We can go out and do more things and we can physically bless the community. But more than that, um, as we understand what it is to be generous as we understand who God is so we will be free people that go out into society and make a difference for who we are we can bring hope to hopeless situations we can go into situations where there is not enough and we can say well I know a God who provides because when, when we've got this in our hearts we can take that to people who are in desperate need our society, our community is poor. And yet we, we have such riches in God. And if we can bring something of that to them, we will transform society. We will transform our community with a God who isn't mean. And we don't have to, 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 to be all, uh, you know, worrying about the next penny. Because we've got a generous God. And we can tell you about this generous God. And you don't have to worry about your finances anymore if you trust in him, because he's going to provide. And as a free people, we can do that. If we're still worrying about our finances, then we're not able to bring that freedom to others. And so as we get free on these things, we will, by our, who we are, will transform the society, the communities that we're in. And, uh, and there's, a, there's a, a, a section in Acts on this, so we won't turn to it, it's Acts uh, chapter 4. Uh, it says this, all the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed any of the possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all. You see, these people knew what it was to trust God. 
They were free people. They were generous people. And as a result, the gospel was powerful. And it's no accident that Luke here, when he wrote this, linked the two together. We have a generous people who, who freely gave amongst each other and the gospel became powerful amongst the people. And that's uh, not to say that that's the only way, you know, God, God we're in a, or on a journey, but actually to have a people that are free, that are generous, will have an impact upon our community, will have an impact on those around us. And, uh, and we will, by, because of our trust in God, will impact those uh, that haven't got that trust and that are, are, are desperate for, for good things in their lives. And so as we, this is so important, not only for us, but for our communities and the people that, that we are around. Okay, I'm just going to finish there, I'm just going to pray. Yeah. Father, I thank you that you are the God of more than enough. That you're the God that is so generous to us. I thank you, Lord, for my own stories, uh, Lord, that you've worked in our lives, Lord, and the way you've provided for us over the years. Lord, both financially, but also just being our reward. And God, I just pray that we would be those that seek you as our reward above everything else. Lord, thank you that, Father, you promise yourself to uh, your people, Lord. And there's nothing better than that. Lord, thank you that you are the God that is so generous and so good. And knowing you is, is just the best thing that could ever happen. And Lord, I pray, God, as we walk this, this life and go on this journey, God, I pray that you would help us to be more and more generous as we trust in you as our Father, as we trust in you as our reward. And that, Father, we, through that, would change and impact our communities. Yeah, Lord, we ask this because, Lord, they need to hear good news about a loving, generous, good Father. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen.